0: All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the sanctuary. We're going to begin our time in the Word. So tonight, we're going to do a short devotion on the gift of forgiveness, which will lead us into communion. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and bust it open to Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. And we're going to look at verses 54 down through 62. And before we begin to read our text, I want to give you a little bit of context. So at this point, Jesus has finished his three years of ministry, and he's been arrested and he's been brought to the house of the high priest, and Peter has been following him, and that's exactly where we're going to pick up. In verse 54, "...then seizing Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest." Peter followed at a distance, but when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at at Peter and said, This man was with Jesus, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept Bitterly, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you would use your word and just this short little devotion to minister to us, especially as it leads into a time of reflecting upon what your son did for us on the cross. In Jesus name. amen. 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 Now, if you've ever done something hurtful or offensive to another person and you have felt the sting and the conviction of that, then you know personally and intimately that one of the greatest gifts in life that you can receive is for that person to sit you down and to look you in the eyes and to say, I forgive you. I mean, that experience would set you free. It would restore hope. It would restore peace. It would restore joy to your soul. Now, imagine the pain and the conviction that Peter was feeling, knowing what he did to his Lord, knowing all that Jesus had done for him over the past three and a half years, all that Jesus had poured into his life. And now, here he is, calling out curses down upon himself, saying, I don't know Jesus as Jesus is there being beaten and mocked and just ridiculed. There he is, calling down curses upon himself. I mean, the thought perhaps coming into Peter's head, will Jesus ever forgive me? Probably thinking, probably not, because I don't think Jesus is gonna make it out of this alive. So Peter definitely feeling some deep pain and conviction over what he had done. Now imagine the pain. And the anger of the Lord, as he looks straight into the eyes of one of his best friends, as he's calling down, I don't know Jesus. And Peter looks, Jesus looks right into Peter's eyes. That pain, the anger, all that I've done for you, Peter, and this is what it's come down to. And so definitely a, a very painful moment for the both of them. But Jesus' love for Peter, his love for the apostle Peter, is so much greater, it's so much more wonderful than the anger that Jesus felt in that moment over the offense that Peter had committed. And it's Jesus' love that would bring about forgiveness and restoration to the apostle Peter. You know, think if you skip ahead to Mark's Gospel chapter 16, Three days later, after this all unfolds, three days after Peter does this to Jesus Christ, three days after Peter runs away crying, weeping bitterly, thinking, I've ruined my relationship with the Lord forever. He'll never forgive me for this. Some gals show up at the tomb to anoint Jesus' body with spices and all of that stuff. They show up at the tomb and And they see that there's no body there, but there's a couple of angels. And they tell the girls, go back, and tell the disciples that Jesus is not here, but that he's risen and he's gone ahead to Galilee. And by the way, don't forget to tell Peter. Why? Because the Lord loves Peter. And his love for Peter is so much greater than his anger over the offense. In John chapter 21, Jesus is going to restore Peter. Peter is fishing with the guys and Jesus shows up on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he invites the guys to come to a a men's breakfast, if you would. He's got some fish roasting over the fire. He's got some bread set out and he tells Peter, I've got a calling for you. I've got a mission for you. I've got a purpose for you. It's to feed my sheep. And so he lets Peter know, I love you in essence. I forgive you. And that's because my love for you is so much greater than the pain and the anger that I felt over the offense that you committed against me. Now, forgiveness is really easy to receive, right? You just receive it. When someone... uh, when you have offended someone and they say, I forgive you, you just receive that and you welcome that. There's nothing that you have to do. But to give forgiveness and to offer forgiveness, that's a whole different story. It's extremely difficult sometimes to give forgiveness. And it's, it's extremely difficult to offer forgiveness sometimes, especially when the pain is deep when the pain hits the heart, and when the pain strikes the soul. One of the most incredible stories of forgiveness and a difficult uh, story of forgiveness has to do with my own family, and you guys have heard this story before. It has to do with my father. My father's been in prison my entire life since I was a baby, and he's in prison because he took the life of another human being long before that person should have ever left this earth. Now imagine the pain and just the anger of the family members of that individual, knowing that they'll never see their loved one in this life again because of that man, because of that person. It was really hard for those people to get over that. And you could imagine that, how difficult it would be, knowing that this person did that to you did that to your family member. And so for years and years, the family members struggled to forgive. They struggled to get over that offense. You see, it would have been impossible for them to do that without the help of God. See, in order for them to forgive my father, God had to fill their hearts with a love that was greater than their anger over the offense. God had to give them a love that was greater than their anger over that offense, and he did. And they made it a point to go to the prison and to do that which was extremely difficult, sit my dad down, look him in the eyes, and say, I forgive you. And not only that, then to go to the parole board and say, you should let this man out of prison. He's a new man, he has a changed Life. Alexander Pope says this, to err is human, but to forgive, that is divine. You see, that's a wonderful story of forgiveness, what happened with my dad, but there's an even greater story of forgiveness, and that's your story. It's the story of how God has forgiven you. It's the story of how God has forgiven me. You see, each and every single one of us, we have all erred in this life not only against one another, but also against God, against the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23 says, "'For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God.'" And not only have we sinned before we were Christians, I mean, we all have extensive references to the reality that we were sinful before we were in Christ, but it's also true and hard to admit that sometimes, even as Christians, we fall, that sometimes, even as Christians, we stumble, and that sometimes, even as Christians, we sin. And when we do those kind of things as Christians, we're essentially saying, by the way we're living and by the way that we're acting, that we don't know him. We're being just like the Apostle Peter. But what we're here tonight to remember is that the love of Jesus supersedes all the times that we have hurt and offended him before we were Christians and even now as Christians. And that's why Jesus Christ did what he did for us 2,000 years ago. You see, it wasn't easy for Jesus to forgive us. It wasn't a simple process. It was an extremely difficult thing for him to do. Because it it meant that he would have to do something. It meant that he would have to pay a price. There was a cost that would come to him. And that cost was that he would have to come down from heaven and become a man. He's he's God. He would have to leave the glories of heaven. He would have to leave the riches of heaven and come down to earth and be poor. He would have to leave the praises of heaven to endure the persecution down here on earth the earth, and he did that because of his incredible love for us. John chapter three and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 19 and verse 13, Jesus is now standing before Pilate at the place called Gabbatha, which means the pavement. So Jesus is standing at the pavement and he's completely surrendered to the will of God, allowing himself, completely surrendered to the reality that he's going to suffer the judgment of man and the judgment of God. And the reason that Jesus was at that place, at the pavement, completely surrendered to allow himself to be judged by man and to be judged by God was because of his love for us, because he wanted to provide forgiveness to us. And so in essence, we can say, Jesus' love is what paved the way for you and I to receive forgiveness. Without the love of Jesus Christ, you and I would not have forgiveness. You see, his love for us is so much greater than his hurt and his pain over the offenses that we have done to him. His love for us is incredible. It's higher than the heavens. And that's what we're here to celebrate tonight with communion. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, tonight I wanna encourage you. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he was willing to suffer and to die upon a cross. He had to do that so that you could be forgiven, so that you could have a relationship with God, so that you can go to heaven. He's not mad at you, he loves you. The proof that he's not mad at you is that right there, him hanging and dying on a cross. It was hard for him to offer forgiveness to you because he had to do that, but he's done it. And now all you have to do is the easy thing, receive his forgiveness. Just say, yes, Jesus, forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. And bam, he comes in. He saves your soul. He takes away your sins and he makes you into a new person. So Jesus' love has paved the way for you and I to have forgiveness. And Jesus' love has also paved the way for us to be able to extend forgiveness to others. He lives inside of us And he enables us to do that which we can't do on our own, forgive other people. And so maybe tonight as you come to the table and you remember what Jesus has done for you, and maybe you have someone in your life that that you need to go to and you need to say, I forgive, I forgive you. They've offended you, they've hurt you, and, and you haven't extended that to them. Do as the Lord has done to you.